It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. There's some merit, he says, in Xi's state intervention if compared to the United States. I'm a free market believer, but now China has better roads, better highways, better airports, better ports, better bridges than the United States. A country which dazzled me when I first arrived in 1980s with its infrastructure. But now China has a better infrastructure. So there is a role for the government to play. Yeah, uh, and we put some money into it, and we could have put some money more into it. And at a state level, they should do it and modernize it. I know it's happening. Uh, but I just think if you talk about the Build Back Better plan, it's unaffordable and sustainable because you got to pick the right time to do it prior to 9-11, prior to 9-11, prior to the pandemic, it's almost like 9-11, prior to the pandemic, I would think so. You know, we were getting there where we had so much, we were getting towards a surplus, we're a little over budget, but not much, maybe $200 billion, and we're getting there, and then this this hit us with these new trade deals, we probably would have been out of it, who knows. Uh, waiting on Josh Rogan, we'll see if he joins us, one 408 7669 but I just think there's, there's a couple of things. I was listening to the Daily on uh, the New York Times, and I just got a real understanding of what exactly the courage the WTA has shown. I mean, this is a led by Billie Jean King. She starts the World Tennis Association. They begin a global a world tour. In the 1970s, women's tennis begins to emerge. You could even say they had the bigger stars than they do today. Martina Navratilova, Chris Everett, um, um, uh, Virginia Wade, uh, Billie Jean King was really the first. And then you have all these other stars start emerging, and the WTA gets a very respected circuit. And then when it comes to Ping Shui, she's a 35-year-old tennis star from China. When they started putting all this money into Chinese athletics because they wanted China to have a high profile in every way, shape, and form. And this woman was a beneficiary of its great ability, went to a sports school, and begins to shine. And gets a great international reputation with the semifinals, I think, of the U.S. Open. Won a couple of doubles championships. And then she decides to speak out against a government official that, uh, that assaulted her. And she disappears. And the WTA demanded to see her. And when they did, it was on video and it looked halted. And they could see a monitor in the back. And the IOC uh, said, you know, we want to see her too. And But basically didn't have any sincere efforts. Said they got a chance to see her. We don't know. The IOC seems in cahoots uh, with, the, uh, with the Chinese government because they're about to host the Winter Games. So the WTA says, unless we see her, unless we know that she's free, we're pulling out of all tournaments in China, and they did it, and it cost them millions of dollars. But they, they're a women's organization. How could you not stand up for women when one judge accuses a public official, powerful man, of assaulting her? You gotta. So they do that. And then Ennis Cantor stands up to China because of the millions that have had their organs harvested and are working in, in labor camps inside China because they happen to be Muslims. Here's Ennis Cantor on the price he paid and the lack of support in the NBA for his courageous stand. He's the center for the Boston Celtics, uh, formerly of um, Sacramento, formerly of, uh, of Oklahoma, and formerly of the New York Knicks. Cut 29. Tell me how many have gotten behind you, American companies, to support you. Well, unfortunately, zero. 
you know, it, it's a shame that all these companies are scared, you know, scared because they are doing too much business with uh, Chinese Communist Party in, in, in China. And they know that the moment that they give me any kind of uh, deal, that, you know, all their business will in China will be sh shut down. But, you know, I never did this to get any kind of endorsement deals. You know, I, I could care less. To me, you know, the, the morals are, are way, way more important than anything they can offer me. But shame on all those companies out there. For not showing the guts that he has and taking on, by the way, he's calling out LeBron James, which is sacrosanct uh, in NBA circles. He doesn't care. I mean, after all, his family's basically on house arrest in Turkey because he's been speaking out. Joining us now, Josh Rogan, columnist for The Washington Post, author of Chaos Under Heaven, Trump, Xi, and the Battle for the 21st Century. Uh, he just wrote about uh, Ennis Cantor. Now his new last name is Freedom as he becomes an American citizen. Josh, this guy's got tremendous courage, right? Hey, Brian. Yeah, I actually went out to L.A. and met with Ennis Cantor for a, f a few hours before he played against King LeBron. And uh, I wanted to get, you know, a, a sense of the guy. You know, I wanted to see what sort of made him tick. And let me tell you something. We live in this world, you know, you and I, politics and media, we're full of careerists and opportunists and just really people who can't even imagine doing something that doesn't serve their own personal interests. And here's a guy, a young guy, a 29-year-old guy who decided to sort of say, screw it all. I'm going to risk my career, my future, you know, even my personal freedom uh, to stand up for people who I have no connection to, who I have no interest in, in in defending except for the fact that they're human beings suffering under the thumb of cruel and horrendous dictators and you know it, it it's really hard for people especially people in the nba to understand that because they're all sort of selfish crooks in a sense you know and they would the, most of them when put to the choice of do i defend my own personal bottom line dollar interest or do i stand up for doing the right thing do the wrong thing every single time and you know, all of a sudden, Ennis Cantor is not alone. All of a sudden, we have more examples of courage in our society. And look at the Women's Tennis Association. When uh, Chinese tennis star Peng Shui disappeared, they didn't stay silent. They didn't do what the Chinese Communist Part Party told them to do, which is shut up. You know, they said, no, we would rather have our morals and our values than that dirty blood money. And that's another sign of courage. And if we just had more of those, imagine what kind of world we might be able to live in. Unfortunately, those are... Some pretty rare examples. Yeah, I mean, but then you have other situations where big businesses over there basically sacrificing their soul. American business. You have, uh, you have, uh, of course, Jamie Dimon of of uh, J.P. Morgan. Here's what he said uh, last week. And we the also Communist Party is celebrating its hundredth year. So is J.P. Morgan. And, <laughs> and I'll, ma I'll make you bet we last longer. <laughs> I can't say that in China. <laughs> they probably are listening anyway. Yeah, so, and he did have yeah, to genocide. apologize. Yeah, genocide is funny. And he Isn't did have to apologize, yeah. yeah. You know, him, and what did, what, who was the other, the other Wall Street guy, Ray Dalio, the head of Bridgewater, he made some comments comparing, like, the human rights situation in China to what's going on inside of the United States. And, you know, all these sort of Wall Street, you know, fancy pants, uh, you know, Gordon Gecko types think that they are so clever when they're like, hey, listen, China, U.S., what are you going to do? You know, genocide. Hey, 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 we're making a bunch of money. But when you get down to it, you realize how sort of sinister those relationships can be when they're abused because that's what keeps us from doing things that we need to do to stop a genocide. And just look what's going on in Congress right now. And I, I know you've been following this, Brian. The, they won't pass the Uyghur Forced Labor Je Prevention Act, a, a bill that would stop slave labor products from coming into our 
markets and into our stores and uh, being put on our backs. And, you know, the reason they won't do that is because of all this corporate lobbying. And that's the Wall Street firms for one. And that's companies that are corporate hostages of the CCP, like Nike and Apple and uh, Disney, you know, and these are huge, huge powers in our society. And that's how they uh, stop us from doing the right thing. That's why Ennis Cantor Freedom uh, doesn't care because he doesn't have any paymasters except for the NBA, which is apparently going to probably drum him out of the league in the next couple of weeks. Uh, he doesn't care what, about the consequences, but these guys like Jamie Dimon and Ray Dalio and these uh, other corporate shows, that's what they're the business that they're in. They're in the business of you know, being apologetic for a regime that's doing a genocide on our watch, and I think it's grotesque. I want you to hear what Ray or Dalio said. For, I, I played this last week, but just so you know, he's one of the premier investors in the world, and he's trying to make excuses for why he continues to invest in China despite everything you just said. What they have is an autocratic system, um, and um, one of the uh, leaders described it. He said uh, that uh, the United States is a country of individuals and individualism. In China, it's an extension of the family. And as a top-down country, what they're doing is that it's that kind of like a strict parent. They behave like a strict parent. That's all. That's just a strict parent. Puts you in a concentration camp and harvest your organs. And, right. and and tortures you, right, until you convert. How about that? That's exactly I – mean, what kind of what, – what did they think were idiots? You know, it, it's it's very similar to sort of the message that the Chinese Communist Party puts out, right? Call that a coincidence if you wanted to. But basically what they're doing is they're promoting Beijing's line, which is, hey, we just have a different idea of human rights. Our idea of human rights is you put two million Muslims in internment camps and – you know, then you force them to pick cotton or sew together Nikes for the rest of their lives and ship their kids off to some other city. Never get. That's good to human rights because, look, we're paying them three dollars a day. You know, that's the kind of really warped, dysfunctional thinking that uh, that they expect us to buy and that they put out in their state propaganda every day. It's just very chilling when you hear it come out of the mouth of an American, much less a hugely powerful American who's in control of so much of our wealth and, and influence. And sort of it's it, when you just think about how how that sort of corrupts our policy making and our decision making, uh, you know, it, it it's really a, should be a call to action. And I think what you see, uh, you know, in, in in Congress and in the administration is sort of a paralysis, right? Both parties, in fact, uh, can't just seem can't seem to get anything done to address the genocide. A diplomatic boycott? What does that really do? I mean, it's it's better than nothing. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, it's going to take the power of people who actually care about human rights and you know liberty and freedom and democracy right. and dignity of of human beings around the world to do more to call for their leaders to do more that's where we're at listen josh i'm not for this boycott i mean it happens over here all the time people get upset with fox next thing you know they're going after people's sponsors i'm not for that however i'm just wondering if it's good business sense for coca-cola and home depot to be invested in the winter games in china if if they know that this is going on i mean just on a pure business sense Wow, I don't know if I really want that stain on my product. I probably could do better at the Super Bowl, don't you think? Don't you think there should be some type of legitimate public pressure, not a campaign, but public pressure to say this isn't good business for us to be over there sponsoring these games? You know, I think there is that public pressure. I think it's building. Clearly, it's not enough, right? Clearly, I think what you're getting at here, and I, 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 I think this is a sort of changing quickly, actually, in the light of the, what the Chinese Communist Party is doing, which is to increase its repression and increase its aggression all over the place and do all sorts of crazy stuff. 
uh, that shocks people, right? Like when they take a tennis star and then they disappear her and then she reappears in these creepily staged hostage videos. Like um, people in free society see that they're like, oh my God, that's really bad, right? So people are sort of waking up to this idea that we're dealing with a party that uh, knows no bounds, that will do almost anything to advance its interest, no matter what the consequences are. But the corporations are always going to be the last ones uh, to, to sort of rec admit that because they are making money. The bottom line is in the short term, they're making a ton of money. They are being paid handsomely for uh, looking the other way at a genocide and, in fact, sometimes profiting from that genocide. That's terrible. But we can't expect these corporations to do the right thing on their own. That's why we have to have a sort of a push in our society and in our government and our Congress uh, you know, to make them do the right thing in some cases. And if that means banning silicon panels that you know John Kerry wants to meet his target goals for climate change because they were made by slaves, well, yeah, that's I guess we're going to have to do that because yeah. slave labor can't be tolerated, and that's the bottom line. I would think so. I mean, I mean, come on. Why isn't there pressure on that? Since when do Republicans have trouble criticizing John Kerry? That's amazing to me. Uh, so there's another story that happened. I, I like the fact that President Biden was putting together these council, these meetings of democracies. I kind of thought it was interesting that Pakistan was invited. I didn't really mm -hmm. think they were the the capital of democracy in my mind, but a lot of people were upset. Right. I watched Fareed Zakaria uh, come out and say that that we are not uh, we are not uh, the beacon of democracy these days. No, we're having our troubles to a degree, but I still think we are. But then when a, the Taiwanese minister uh, had their video feed cut when they showed a map that had Taiwan a different color than China. Wait a second, we're ha we're trying to send a message to China about democracies. But yet we think we could we're afraid of ticking them off and showing Taiwan separate from China. Did you hear about this? Reuters is reporting it. Yeah. So this is a crazy story because the Reuters report says that the White House ordered the State Department to cut off the Taiwanese minister when he put up a map showing Taiwan with a different color than China. Now, I'm going to break some news on your show right now just because you happened to catch me when I just learned this. And that is that actually what I'm told, and I believe my sources, uh, is that actually it was the State Department that did it, not the White House. And then they they tried to throw the White House under the bus. Uh, so in other words, there's somebody in some control room watching this democracy summit, not like a senior official. It's not like Tony Blinken is like, oh, cut the feed, you know, because he's not in charge of that, right? It's some technical guy in the State Department who like sees this guy put up a map of Taiwan and is like, oh, wait a second, we didn't know about that. Cut to commercial, <laughs> okay? And then the, then the was like, oh my God, what happened? Like the White House told us to do it. That's what I, that's <laughs> my, my sources say happened. Now that's a less sexy story than like Jake Sullivan intervened on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party, which would be a more salacious headline to be honest with you. But like the truth is the truth. And I'm telling you, it was actually a much more mundane story of a guy in a technical booth who screwed, who overreacted in the moment and then lied about it. And uh, I don't know. That's kind of crazy. I don't know if it tells us much about U.S.-China policy, but there you go. There's breaking news on your show. Wow. So you don't need Republicans to turn on Democrats. The White House is, is turning on it, the State Department. So this is – Yeah, it, exactly. It's unbelievable. That's, yeah, that's what always happens. They're throwing each other under the bus, yeah. Wow. Uh, I Listen, I hear your frustration and sarcasm. It's unbelievable because this isn't a tough issue. This I mean, is yeah, a very it, easy issue. It's all about dollars. If it was, this is an economic rival. Dare I, I say, say enemy? Thing? We have to realize that. 
Can I add some context now that I broke some news on your show? Can I yeah. add my analysis of the news that I just broke? Yep. Okay, okay. so it does speak to something uh, like a greater problem with this democracy summit because, you know, they were well, they wanted to include, include Taiwan, but only so much. Like the Taiwanese president couldn't come. Like they had to have some lower level official. They had to abide by some protocol that they invented in 1972. So they were always trying to like treat Taiwan like sort of a half country. And that's the problem is that like when you try to do that, of course, nobody knows where the lines are and everything gets screwed up all the time because we eventually we have to acknowledge that Taiwan acts like a country, walks like a country, talks like a country. It's a democracy. It's what, If we're going to support it, we have to call it what it is. It's a country, okay? And I realize that it's like, you know, the changing of diplomatic relations is a tough thing, and I'm not saying we should do it right now. I'm not saying we should advocate for Taiwanese independence. I'm just saying that if we really mean what we say in defending Taiwan, then we have to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Not, and this is sort of an example of how nobody knows where the lines are. So I'll put it in that context. Well, wow. so you gave us context and news. I can't believe, Josh, I really owe you a favor. Josh Rogan, thanks so much. Anytime. You got it. Uh, Josh Rogan, the Washington Post. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, when we come back, we'll take your calls. Brian Kilmeade Show. Newsmakers and newsbreakers. Hear it first, only on the Brian Kilmeade Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.